Good morning, City Church. Thanks for joining us again this morning. I just want to reiterate what the guy said in the pre and uh, show this morning if you missed it, if you weren't here with us. We are actually moving our marriage event uh, away from next Sunday which we didn't realize when we booked this event, that it is actually Super Bowl Sunday. So we didn't want to create a Sophie's Choice situation where you had to choose between the Super Bowl and investing in your marriage. So we have moved our marriage event to February uh, 21st, Sunday, February 21st, same time. So if you've already registered, you don't have to worry about doing anything. We just moved the event to the 21st. But if you haven't registered, you're going to get a chance um, also in the post-show to do that. I wanted to make mention of one other thing, um, that we are going to be doing a series in June called Legacy. Now, I mentioned this uh, late last year, and a little bit the intention of the series as, as we think about it, that we are supposed to be a legacy as part of the body of Christ, and then we are also supposed to be constantly creating a legacy for those coming after us um, in the church. And we are carriers of the gospel, and we are constantly building the church that Jesus is building the church, and we get to be a part of that. But not only that, that we here at the church, at the city church, have a specific legacy. Um, next Sunday is our ninth anniversary here in this building that God has blessed us with. So a little bit, what we're going to do in the Legacy Series is we're going to tell the story about how we got here to this building. We're going to interview my dad, and he's going to be part of that weekend. And one of the things also that we're going to do in conjunction with our Legacy Series is that we're going to receive something called a Legacy Offering. And what we're going to be doing with this Legacy Offering, it's over and above our normal tithes and offerings. The goal with our Legacy Offering is, is four things that we're going to do, that we are, uh, with this Legacy Offering that comes in, we are going to bless church plants here in Canada, either to help churches get started or to bless new churches. The second thing that we're going to do is here in our city, we're going to be a blessing to some organizations here in our city that are just doing really good things. It's something that we do on a regular basis, just partner with them as they feed people in our city and different things. The third thing we're going to do is something international. There's a lot of great international organizations that are doing good works coming in the name of Jesus and helping people and blessing people, and we're going to partner with some of those organizations. And then the very last thing we're going to do is, with this legacy offering, we're just going to fix some stuff up around our building. You know, once again, we're nine years here in the building, and some of the areas may be in our kids' areas. We're going to upgrade those, maybe change some of the flooring some places. So here is, is what the goal that I want to set for our legacy offering in June. So we're going to receive this secondary offering for the whole month of June, and once again, over and above our normal tithes and offerings. So we we are about 20 weeks away from June, approximately five months away. So I have a recommendation for you how to prepare for this legacy offering in June. Now, uh, we as a church family, uh, not church family, personal family, we've gone to Disney a few times. And one of the things that really that Disney is good at, get, uh, good at doing is getting your money. And so what our daughters do is every time we get back from Disney, they create something called a Disney jar. And what they do is they place their own money in this Disney char jar to help us prepare for our next Disney trip. So that is what I encourage you to do as we move to June in the Legacy Offering. Create some sort of jar um, in your kitchen or wherever you might uh, congregate mostly and get involved in the Legacy Offering. So even if we just put $5 aside between now and June, that's $100. 
And now I know some people can give, easily give 100, some people can give 200, some people could give 1,000. Um, we're not going to do equal giving, but we, what we are going to do is equal sacrifice. So I have a challenge for you as we prepare for this legacy offering. None of this legacy offering is going to go to me or any of our church staff. It is going to go to the things that I mentioned. So go ahead and get your kids involved. Put that legacy jar somewhere that your kids can see it and you can tell them as you, know, you give them some um, allowance and things like that, that they can put some of their allowance aside to give to the legacy offering. And then what we can do with the legacy offering that we can actually make a great difference with our generosity. And that's one of the legacies that we have here at the City Church, started not with me, but with my parents. My parents are very generous people. And when they were pastoring, they were very generous to bless other ministries and other organizations. So make that a goal. Get yourself a legacy jar as we prepare for our legacy offering in June. All right, let's just pray this morning. Father God, we just thank you for your goodness today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. As we press into your word today, we thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to our hearts, that you are bringing us the help we need. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said... Amen. All right, just as we are finishing off our series today, Press On, I just want to remind you, um, you know, to, if you've done some sort of Bible reading plan in the month of January, continue that on, some practices that you put in place, continue that on throughout the year. It's not just good to read your Bible in January, <laughs> it's good to read your Bible all of the time. The habits of prayer that you created, hopefully, in the month of January, continue those on uh, throughout the year. I just finished my Bible reading plan as I mentioned, I read through the whole Bible in 30 days, which was a great experience. And it's just, it's a great way to take in the scripture, just to take a whole book at a time. And uh, I recommend that to you. So our goal with this series, Press On, is that we would think about leaving a good mark on 2020. Uh, week uh, one, we talked about this idea of lean in, that God wants us to lean in to change. He wants us to lean in to the call of God, and then he wants us to lean into Christ, which we are finishing up with today. Week two, the message was called Press On to Purpose. And you might feel like your life is on hold right now, but your purpose in God is not on pause. Third week, we talked about move to meaning, that your life is meaningful, that your life is important. So we need to understand and extract the will of God for our lives, and then we will discover meaning for our lives. And then last week, we talked about Daniel, and the title of the message was Run to Responsibility. Now, today's message, now I put all of my alliteration skills to work here in January, and the title of today's message is Feed Your Foundation. So as we have been looking at the series, we've been reading uh, a, mess, uh, a portion of scripture from the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul wrote, and it's such a great foundational um, thoughts for us in, in, as we read through in Philippians chapter 3. Now before we read this today, you know, when we talk about feeding our foundation, we know how important a foundation is, not just for a house or not just for whatever something that might be built, that our Life needs a really good foundation. Now, I know I've been um, passing by some construction on the 401 as I, as I come to the church, and they were building a couple of bridges. And one of the things they do before they build a bridge is they go deep. In other words, they create a foundation before they build up. And this is what all of us need to do in our lives. We need to have a really good, steady, strong foundation. Now, when I was 15, 
um, I, I had my last uh, summer of freedom. And the reason I call it that is because my dad told me when I turned 16 that golfing in the summer was over, that I had to get a job when I was 16. And so I had, you know, for years I knew that when 16 it was looming out there uh, for me, that I had to get a job and I had to work full time. I couldn't, you know, get a part time job for the whole summer. So when I was 15, it was my very last summer of freedom before I went to work. And, um, I've instituted the same thing um, in my family, and it's been great for my daughters to learn to work, learn a work ethic. It's very important for all kids out there. All right, so in this last summer of freedom that I had, that I got to golf a lot, one of the days that I was golfing, there was this really big rainstorm. And it's not easy to golf, obviously, um, when it's raining. But one of the creeks at the golf course had this sort of basin in it. And what had happened was all of the lost golf balls ended up in this one single basin. And so my friends and I were there, and we were just, we had found, you know, the gold mine of lost golf balls. And we were pulling them out left, right, and center, and it was amazing. It was so much fun. It was still raining. But the day wasn't lost because we were getting all of these golf balls. Now, so we were standing on this creek, and what I decided to do, I saw some other golf balls on the other side of the creek, and I thought, how hard can it be to jump across this creek? Even when the water was teeming and things like that, but when you're 15, you don't necessarily do all of the wisest things when you're 15 years old. So I thought, okay, I'm going to jump this creek. It's a little bit of a long jump, no problem. I'll take care of it. A little bit of an athlete. We're going to get it done. So I took this running leap towards to get to the other side. And as I planted my foot to jump to the other side of the creek, all of the dirt gave way at the side of the creek. And I tanked it right in the middle of the creek. I had no foundation to jump off of. And when you have a, a weak foundation, you are automatically going to fall. And what we don't want to do in our lives is that we don't want to constantly be falling, that we actually want to have a strong foundation for our lives. And we see these principles here in this scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that I may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but the one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Very important thing here in this, these verses that I forget what lies behind. See, we don't want to sacrifice our future because of an evil or difficult past or present. God wants us to press on. We, some, there's some terrible things that have happened to us in our past. There might be some really bad things that are going on right now in our lives. But we don't want to sacrifice a good future in God because of those things. So what do we need? We need a really good foundation to jump from, to move forward to in our lives. And then the Apostle Paul, as he's writing this, he's writing from prison, but why is Paul in prison? Because he's preaching the gospel. Paul is in prison because he's doing good things. No fault of his own. He's actually doing good things and he's suffering for it. See, all suffering 
feels like this. It seems like there's no good reason for this to be happening. It's completely unjust that I am suffering in this moment. And this is no more true of Paul. Preaching the gospel finds himself in jail. But what does he say? I press on in Christ. I'm not letting this thing hold me back. And he, he talks about that we are sharing in the sufferings of Jesus. See, following the crucifixion, there's a resurrection. And that's how we need to see ourselves, that we're going forward in Christ because of the resurrection, the suffering that I'm facing right now, that I can actually press on because my foundation is in Jesus. So I have a question for you today. What is your foundation? What is the foundation of life that you have? What are you pressing from? Are you trying to jump across the creek on a very weak, dirty foundation? Is it just that I, I, my, my foundation is I just want to be happy? And if I'm not happy, I have no foundation. Or is my foundation, if everybody likes me, I have a really good foundation. But if somebody doesn't like me, my foundation is very weak. If everything works perfect for me in my life, that's my foundation. Otherwise, I find myself falling into a creek. Now, that's a good question to ask yourself, but the Bible question is not what is my foundation. The Bible question is who is my foundation? See, our foundation could just be ourselves and how happy I am and what I think and how people are treating me, and that's just all about me. But our biblical question is who is my foundation? And my foundation is Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also built up together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So there's two th different things here we see about the foundation. The foundation of the church is Jesus. Jesus is the foundation of the church. He is the cornerstone. In other words, he is the very first thing that gets laid as we build our house. And from that cornerstone, everything gets set up right. From the foundation, everything is correct or is as, as it should be. So I'm not building a foundation on me or what I think or what I can understand because my understanding and my thinking is very limited. And, and so our whole, our whole church is built on Christ. The church is built on Christ, not just ideas, not just philosophies. See, this is what differentiates Christianity from all other religions. Our, our moral teaching, and there is moral teaching in the Scripture, our moral teaching is not the foundation of Christianity, but Christ himself is our foundation. So the church is built on the foundation of Jesus, and then our lives, Paul is saying, is built on Christ. It's from this very place that he has provided a foundation for me, and also he is my goal. So Paul is saying, I'm, I'm pressing on, but what am I pressing on from? And then where am I pressing to? Well, I'm pressing on from Jesus, the cornerstone. And what am I pressing on to? Christ, the upward call. 
So the foundation of my life is my relationship with God. God who loves me, but then loves me too much to let me stay the way I am. That is my foundation of my relationship with God. And then also, Jesus is my goal. He is where I'm going, the ideal man, the perfect man, the sinless man. He is set out in front of us, and that's why we press on. It is the upward call. That's why we don't want to sacrifice our future because of some evil, difficult thing that's happening to us right now or something that's happened to us in our past. What are we doing? We're moving to the image of Christ the sanctification process. We are moving to who Jesus is to us. So the foundation of my faith is when I hear about Jesus. That's point number one, is to hear about Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verse 16 says this, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask you, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Hearing about Christ. And this is the place that our faith grows. It is the foundation for our lives built on Christ. What did he say? That's where my faith lies. That's what I believe in. That is who I trust in. Not a foundation that I can create based on ideas, based on politics, based on this, that, and the other. No, my foundation is on Jesus himself. And then my faith grows when I hear what he says, when he tells me the gospel, when he shows me that he invites me into a relationship with himself. That is what I stand on. That is the cornerstone of my life. The cornerstone of my life is Jesus that I build on that foundation, that I hear what he says, and then, hey, that's how faith comes. Once again, not a blind faith, that I hear about who Jesus is and what he accomplished, and then I can put my trust in him. As I read through the gospels, he is faithful, he is strong, he is powerful, he has the right words to say. And so I put my trust in him, hearing through the words of Christ. So these words will take root in our lives when we're putting our trust in Jesus. Luke chapter 8, Jesus in this chapter is giving an illustration to his disciples about how words and how they take root in certain people and then other people they don't take root. And, but we kind of all can hear the same thing, but then we have a choice to make. And the previous verses that we just read is like, hey, they've heard the report, but not everybody, not everybody believes the report about Jesus. So the disciples didn't understand that the parable that Jesus said like many times. And so they came to him afterwards and were like, Jesus, we don't understand what you're saying. Can you explain it to us? Verse nine, and when the disciples asked him what this parable meant of Luke eight, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables. So that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. You know, that's some great advice for us from Jesus. If we read through the scripture and we don't get it, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with the scripture. It means there's something wrong with me that I don't understand, that my understanding is limited. 
So Jesus is wanting us to dig into the scripture. What does this mean, Lord? I, I want to understand this. I, I want you to show me what this means. Verse 11, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So when we hear about Jesus, the potential is there for us to have strong faith. The seed is the word of God. And then he says this, the ones along the path, in other words, the seeds that are sown along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. So they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are the ones who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in the time of testing, they fall away. So what is Jesus in these first two soils that he's describing? What is he saying the problem is? The problem is not the word of God. The problem is the foundation. Is there a foundation for, for good soil in me? Or I hear something and then right away the enemy just takes it away. Or is my heart like a rock? That the seeds of the word of God just come and they bounce off me. Or we're like, whoa, no, yeah, no, I don't want to hear that one. We move out of the way, you know, we hear a preacher online or something and we say, oh, I might need to change. I'm just going to let that one go. I'm not going to let it take root in my heart. That's why our foundation, the soul of us having just good pliable hearts that we can receive the word of God. Why? Because it creates a really good, strong foundation for us. What does that last thing say? And in the time of testing, they fall away. Why? Because there's no foundation. Verse 14, and as for those who fell among thorns, in other words, the word of God, the seed falls in thorns. And those are they who hear the word, but they go on their way and they are choked by the cares and the riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. In other words, the seed gets in there a little bit and then it starts to grow and then everything else becomes more important. But the only foundation that lasts is Jesus. The only ideas that will last is the word of God. And it is the eternal thing that God is trying to get across to us. It is the eternal thing that he wants to plant in our hearts. Why? Because it can grow and it can create a healthy, strong foundation. Verse 15, as for that in the good soil, and this is all of us, this is the goal for all of us to have good soil. Now, see, we could have good soil for certain things and then really bad soil for other things. We could be like really pliable in our hearts, you know, uh, what is God saying to me about changes that I might need to make, you know, personally, but then somebody preaches uh, about marriage or, you know, loving your spouse and you're like, yeah, no, I've got it all figured out. I don't have to love my spouse anymore. And you could have really bad soil for something else. But what we want to do or what we should do is God, everything that you're saying to me, I actually want to have good soil. They are those hearing the word, hold it fast, and in an honest and good heart, bear fruit with patience. With patience. We hear it. We have an honest heart about it. When, when the word of God comes in and wants us to change, we have to be honest with ourselves. Can, can I take it in? Can I hear it? Can it become part of me? an honest and good heart that we bear fruit with patience. 
In other words, the seed comes in and then we water it and then the, it, it starts to sprout up and then it grows and grows and grows. And we with patience have to allow the word of God to take root in our hearts so that it can show up and we can reap a really good harvest based on the word of God. Not just my ideas, not just ideas from the culture, but what is God trying to get across to me? Because this is what he wants us, me to do. He wants me to hear the word and that he wants me to hold onto it. So the first thing is that we need to hear the word. Second thing, super simple, we need to act on it. Hear it and then act on it. Matthew chapter seven, verse 24 says this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man, hearing and doing. See, the hearing is irrelevant unless we do it unless we put it into practice. Not just having the words bounce off our eardrums, but letting it find root in our hearts. And then when it finds root in our heart, what is it gonna be like? I'm gonna be like a wise man. And what does it say? Who built his house on the rock. It's a foundation. It's a foundation from which we can live. That we can act and move and find the practices of God and the ways of God. That is the foundation for our lives. Because why? Here's what's coming. Verse 25. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. I just want to tell you that this is what life is like. Now, God is not bringing evil into our lives, but we live in a broken world, and people make stupid decisions, and I make stupid decisions. And what does that ensue in? The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on the house. Either we're in a battle or we need to be getting ready for one. Because there's one coming. There's always a storm coming. There's always things coming my way. But what is going to cause the house of my life to stand? But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. What is the rock? Obviously, we know the rock is Jesus, but it's hearing the word of Christ and then doing it, putting it into practice. Why? Because the storm is coming. And I want to be standing after the storm. So I just don't want to hear the word of God. I actually want to put it into practice. Verse 26. And everyone who hears these word of mine and does not do them, so here's the warning, will be like a foolish man, wise one. What does the wise man do? Here's the word, does it. What does the foolish one do? Hears them and does not do them. What, what are we saying then with that? We're like, well, I know better. I know you said this in your word, Lord, but I know better. I can figure out life on my own. I'm going to be foolish and I'm going to just do my own thing. He built his house on the sand, a foundation that washes away. We need to feed our foundation because there's a storm coming. We might be living in one right now. Either way, we got to be getting ready for the storms of life that are coming our, our way. But God gives us the key. He gives us the, the way to live a wise life, to be prepared for the storm, to hear the word of God and do it. Verse 27, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So I don't know about you, but I don't want that to be me. I don't want... When the storm comes, that it just washes me away. 
that when the storm comes, I'm going to be standing there on the other side of the storm, not because I'm so great, because my foundation is in Christ. It's not in me. It is the only foundation that will survive the storm. So we want to do the word of God. See, when we do the word of God in the storm, we realize how dependable the word of God is and strong faith emerges in the presence of the storm. And that's where we need it most because the storm is coming and the winds are going to blow. And it's going to beat against the house of our lives. But that's when our, our faith shows up, that I've got faith in Jesus, that he's my cornerstone. Hebrews chapter five, verse 11 the writer says this, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make clear to you because you, have no, you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the elementary truths of the, word of the word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, st still being an infant, not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, I've grown up in church, and there's been, I've heard a lot of people claim about how mature they are in Christ and how much they know the word, and they can quote the scripture to you to make you feel bad that you can't quote that scripture. That's not what spiritual maturity is. It, it, it's it, the mature thing here. It says, by constant use, that I'm actually doing the word of God. Maturity shows up in just the normal everyday practices of life, not trying to pretend that you're something that you're not. That I'm able to distinguish good from evil, the good choices from the bad choices. Why? Because I'm using the word of God. I'm hearing it and then I'm putting it into practice. That's where we will experience the victory and that's where we will be standing after the storm. When we use it, we will understand that it works. When we practice the word of God, we will get better at it. And all of that creates a foundation for us. Because my faith is in Jesus. Hearing my faith comes because I hear the word of Christ. Like I said, we are all going to be facing storms. Jesus tells us this. And I love that there's verses here that are some of my favorite verses I always say that, but this is so true. Some of my verses that the Apostle Paul wrote, and see the Apostle Paul, as we've been describing in this series, you know, he was in jail. He found himself going through so many difficult times, the thing, type of things that we will actually never face in our lifetime. But listen to what Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He says this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Jars of clay. That's describing us. See, but we're not just a jar of clay. We're a jar of clay with the power of God on the inside of us. But since we are a jar of clay, the storms are going to come our way and we are going to feel the weight of those storms. But Paul is not just focusing on that I'm a jar of clay. He's like, hey, there's surpassing power. There's power beyond than just me being dirt or sand. There, there's power beyond just myself. And this is where our foundation comes in, that our foundation's not me. Your foundation should not be you, what you could think and what you know and how you could handle the difficulties. Our foundation 
It's found in the power of God. Our foundation is found in Christ. And then he says this, verse eight, we are afflicted in every way. You might feel that right now in your life. There's this affliction coming from every direction. This is happening and this is going on. It's coming in every way. But what is Paul's response? But I'm not crushed. When the things are pressing my way, I, like Paul, say, hey, man, you can keep coming, but I'm not crushed. My foundation is in Jesus. It's not in me. Perplexed. What does that mean? I don't get it. I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand what's going on in the world. I just don't get it. Paul felt the same thing, perplexed, but not driven to despair. I don't get it, but I am not hopeless. And the reason I'm not hopeless right now is because my foundation is in Christ. It's not in me. So it doesn't matter how many things come and I'm like, uh, I don't get it. I don't understand that. I don't understand why they did that. I don't understand why they said that. I don't understand why this thing happened, but I'm not driven to despair. I'm not hopeless. Verse nine, persecuted, but not forsaken. Feeling things coming against me and this happened and that just feeling persecution. Then Paul said, but I'm not left alone. God has never left my side and that my foundation is in Christ. Struck down, but not destroyed. One translation says this, we might be knocked down, but we are never knocked out. Now, why can we say that? Because our foundation is in Christ. He is the eternal cornerstone on whom we can set our lives, on whom we can press forward from and towards. Doesn't matter what comes my way. For now and through eternity, my foundation is in Christ. Whether I live or whether I die, my foundation is in Christ. That's why I am never knocked down because my answer is Jesus. My foundation is Jesus and what he has done for me. See, I'm too busy doing the word of God to quit. Hearing the word of God and doing the word of God, but this is happening and this is happening and this is coming my way and this thing I don't like, but I'm hearing the word of God and I'm doing the word of God. So I don't have time to despair. I don't have, to, uh, I don't have time to live in this perplexed, I don't get it state. Man, I'm hearing the word of God and I'm doing it. Let's constantly feed our foundation as our faith grows, as we hear the word of Christ. Let's just pray today. Father God, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that we can hear and know about Jesus. And as we do, our faith grows, that he is who our foundation is in. So come what may to us, Lord, whatever the storms may look like and why ever the storms are coming, I know that the storms are not coming from you but I know that I can put my faith in you to see me through. God, I build the foundation of my life on your word and what you say, because that is the foundation that will last. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are watching today, 
and you feel like you don't have this foundation, you don't have this relationship with Jesus. I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me. The good news, the gospel is all about Jesus, that he stands at the center of our faith. See, we, we don't have a relationship with God because we're perfectly moral, because none of us are. And we can't create some sort of religious process and thinking and then offer that to God and say, God, see how good or smart I am. No, God has come down in Christ and he has offered us a relationship with himself and all we have to do is say yes. So just as a starting point of your faith today, you pray along with me. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. God, we thank you for Jesus today. We thank you, Lord, for the good news about him, that he came, that he lived a sinless life, and he died on a cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to a relationship with you. I say yes to the gift of righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.